Blog Talk Radio. This week's Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Here we go. Broadcasting live from the DCR studio. The Emperor has been expecting you. Where Geekishik and Pandemonium reign supreme. Come into the coach and get together, have a few laughs. Your host will discuss everything you need to know about the world of Geek. Oh, yeah! So grab your staff, throw on your cape, and roll your 20-sided die, because it's time for Dungeon Crawlers Radio. And crash and explode. This is what happens when we play the real Super Mario <laughs> Brothers 2. You just yeah. die. You just die all the time? You just die. That's uh, very true. I, who's Luigi then that has the super uh, speedy legs? Oh, I totally love Luigi, but I love Yoshi, I think. No, no, not, not that one. Yoshi's not in two. What? Not, not that one. That one's, that one's just a reskinned different mode. I'm talking about the real... Super Mario Brothers 2 that was oh. only released in Japan. It was re-released here, but it was like secret levels. Ah. Because Japan didn't want to release it to America mm. because they thought that we were too stupid or gotcha. we couldn't, we, we, couldn't we, weren't, we weren't lead enough yeah. for those gaming skills. Well, in fairness, we were kind of stupid at the time. Yeah, at the time, I, I think so. You know, uh, sorry, I, Mario is still like the worst animal Abuser in the in the world. <laughs> oh yeah, he's he's horrible. I mean, every time Yoshi has to eat something, Mario just doubles up his fist and whacks him in the back of the head. <laughs> well, even even before then, back guy. in back in the Donkey Kong. Oh day, yeah. Do you know why? Do you know why Donkey Kong escaped? Because Mario's Be- abuse. Yeah, because Mario is an abusive owner. Yeah. He's ah. a, he's a sick. So person. He, he takes off with a, a woman, and what does Mario do? He raises up and collapses the floor underneath him to have. Donkey Kong falls several levels down and slam on his head. Yeah, talk about overkill. I know. And Jeez. I don't know if anyone's played uh, um, Donkey Kong Jr., where you're actually playing Donkey Kong's son, mm-hmm. and Mario is now the antagonist. Mario's sick. He's got some th- serious things wrong with him. He does. Yeah. So, so everyone out there, <laughs> welcome. This is Dungeon Crawlers Radio, if you haven't noticed. This is Revan. It's a guy named Joe. This is Great, Mighty, and Powerful Lord Flagoon. And I'm... Lady Firebird. Woo! Firebird is back! <laughs> yes. And not only that, we'll have to talk off air, but there, there is something special happening that Firebird will be excited about. We'll, we'll, have, to, we'll have to talk mention off air. Yes. So uh, is, is it safe to say that the roof is officially raised? Yes. Oh. Oh. Wait. Which is a good thing because the roof is also on fire. <laughs> yes. Oh. So we got a good show tonight. We have. Uh, we don't need no water. Let the mother, mother burn. <laughs> <laughs> we have Dan Farr on the show tonight. Now, for those of you that don't know who he is, he is the mastermind behind uh, Salt Lake Comic Con and Salt Lake Comic Con, the fan experience. So, Fan X is what they're they're tagging it is in two weeks. Oh my! Oh. Only so, two weeks. You know, and for Already. those of you that haven't been watching me, not only. I mean, th- the guest list is amazing. I mean, you've got people from uh, Battlestar. You've got Star Trek. You've got William Shatner showing up just to do the Star Trek panel. Uh-huh. You've got 
people from Walking Dead. You've got Adam Baldwin for Firefly. And then they just announced on April Fool's Day, Nathan Fillion is showing up. Yeah, and, and Bacon. Oh, yeah, and Bacon. And that's not an April Fool's joke. And that was not an April Fool's joke. Trust me, there were plenty of people ready to set fire and cause riots <laughs> if that was, was the case. Uh, you know, you've got Ernie Hudson mm-hmm. from Ghostbusters. I mean, the list just continues to go on and on and on. And there, I mean, there is a lot of people. I mean, the Green Power Ranger slash White Power Ranger is even going to be there. Oh. I mean, yes, we can keep talking about this <laughs> list for uh, ever and ever. Ooh. It is just amazing what they've done. Uh, so that'll be in two weeks. We'll be wandering around. We'll be getting video interviews. So check out our, you know, our website, our Facebook page, our YouTube channel. Uh, they're going to be rolling out pretty quick. We, we've we've learned not to wait too long. <laughs> uh, you know, now that we have our own equipment, it's very easy for us to roll those out pretty fast. Oh yes. So uh, it's going to be exciting. We're going to talk to Dan about that uh, in just five minutes. He's going to be coming on. Coming in. Um, and then next week, we have Catherine Addison coming on, talking about her new book, The Emperor Goblin. Or, no, yes. No, The Goblin Emperor. Reverse that, sorry. Uh, which, it, steampunk. Goblins and steampunk. It's going to be interesting. The week after that, we will not be doing a live show. We'll be wandering the halls of, of FanX. And there's, if there's anything that LTUE this year taught us, not to do a live show when you're at a con. <laughs> yeah. It sounds good, but no. Yeah. Good, in, good in theory, but so is communism. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then after that, we'll, we'll return to our normal shows, but uh, we'll also be doing plenty of fun things over, over, over the con season that we'll, we'll let you know about. So that. So there you go, Internet. Yes. And dungeon crawlers alike. We have, we'll have geek news tonight. A fantastic month of excitement we have, and adventure. Yes, we have four Gamer Forges to talk about this evening, and whatever else happens, because who knows I'm what will happen. I'm excited for these Gamer Forges tonight. We've got some good ones. Shenanigans. A couple of good, good ones. ones. Yeah. Really good ones. So, um, however, I don't know if any, uh, while we're waiting, uh, there's something that's just posted. So, uh, people are talking about the super volcano eruption that's supposed to happen any day now. Uh-huh. It could happen any time now. Uh, in Yellowstone. Uh, so they actually showed um, a map. So. Uh, what? Where, where it's supposed to affect? The kill zone. Wow, we were right in the kill zone. We, we're toast. I'm safe. Um, <laughs> you were barely safe. Missouri, you're actually, you will get hit with the second ash. You're in the second ash zone, so you will be covered in ash for, for several weeks. Awesome. I uh, but pretty oh much all of Wyoming, half of Montana, a good portion of Idaho, and well, I, we might skirt the kill zone a little bit here in Salt Lake. But that's all gone. Yeah. It's a giant crater at this point, <laughs> if this happens. I got a feeling we're close enough to the ash zone. We'll, we'll, if, if not be killed in the initial eruption, yeah. we'll just slowly suffer and die. Yeah, from the primary yeah, ash. Very, yeah. uh, I'm, being, I'm being very optimistic winter. here. Yeah. You know that? Yeah, I'm just, yeah. you can say. Well, and then this, of I course, also goes way up into, into Canada. But, I mean, it reaches, it has reaches from Oregon clear to the Great Lakes. So uh, we, need to, we need to prepare for a special Doomsday episode. Either that or just be like, 
Either that or just be like Woody Harrelson, mm-hmm. you know, on uh, 2012, and just be right there when it happens. So when it blows, <laughs> you don't have to worry anymore. Yeah, because yeah, that, that one's You're vaporized. So well. I'm a fan of staying alive, so I'm just, I'll let you go ahead and do that, Rev. You, but, but, so in other words, it, what, however... This, what this is kind of sounding like is we need to move our operations down to south, uh, southern Utah. Nope. So uh, we're we're still uh, so, in the uh, primary, uh, well, secondary ash zone. There. Well, that's secondary ash zone. That, that, that's at least somewhat. So if we move safe. to Texas, we're good. Well, no, train no, your, train your life savings. California, Come out to St. Louis. There, oh, Seattle is wide open. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Seattle. We yeah. could go to Seattle. I would go to Seattle in a heartbeat. I got the yeah. every day. Where's that other no, mic? Fine. You go to Ketchikan, Alaska. That rains every day. Seattle is a mild sprinkle. <laughs> I think we put the, away the other mic. So. Uh, well, no, no, this is the funny thing. They're saying, the scientists are saying this is more likely to happen than a zombie apocalypse. Makes sense. Zombies wow, already exist. Uh, or not zombies, but uh, volcanoes already exist. So. Yeah, yeah, they're kind of in real life already. Hmm, so by default, it would be more plausible. More plausible. Where is that other microphone? Right there. Oh, it's right in front of me. <laughs> Sorry, I got my chocolate lava cake all over it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah. And now you brag. Hey, uh, I won't tell you that it has Hershey's chunks in it. Oh. You fill with, with sadness. All There's I nothing can but say, sadness at our end. I, ha- I have two things to say. Chocolate? Really? Yeah. No, chocolate, yum. No. But I would have to try this. It does sound interesting. Yeah. Cho- Even though I'm not chocolate a chocolate in fan. general, is, yeah, it's a little bit too bitter. Yeah. But a chocolate lava cake where you have the combination of a moist, spongy chocolate cake and then melted in the middle is molten chocolate pot fudge. Oh. That is pure goodness on a, on, a, on a plate right there. Oh. But there and, are different kinds out there. So welcome yeah. to Dungeon Crawlers Radio where we talk about cake. Lava cake. <laughs> we talk about lava cake and... Uh, okay, looks like... Yeah. Revan is, like, messing with all these sort of cores. Yeah, we talk about lava okay. cake and quiche. 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 You know, <laughs> good stuff. Sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm, see, okay. I, I, the while that, we're sitting here, I'm hooking up another mic keep. because little Ben just walked in, so we're going to give him a mic to talk. Welcome, welcome, little Ben. I'm here, finally. Yes. So where's Big Ben? Uh, it took a while to find the place again. I got lost. Big Ben's <laughs> in London. Little Ben <laughs> in Salt Lake. Big Ben's in Salt Lake. So, okay. For those of you that don't know who Little Ben is, he, he hung out with us at Gen Con. I did. He's done some movie reviews. A little bit. Except for he needs to do more. I know. Um, Captain America tonight. <laughs> all right, for you guys. All right, go ahead. We've got 10 o'clock tickets for it. Good for you. Damn. No. I'm not. Man. It's not your, my fault. I mean, man, I'm going to see it this like... weekend. I'm going to go this weekend. Oh, man. That just that fills me yeah. with more sadness. So, all right. So it looks like... Uh, Dan's calling in? Yeah, we're going right, to take a break let's, from let's all this doom and gloom, and we're going to talk with Dan Farr. All right. And coming on. All right, hey thanks there. for calling in Dungeons Crawls Radio. Yeah, this is Dan. Hey, yep. thanks for coming on the show tonight. Welcome to the show, Dan. Yeah. Hey, I'm yeah. glad to be on the show. It sounds like it's, uh, you guys are having a great time talking about Captain America and all that great stuff. So yeah, yeah. always yeah. have a great time. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah. that's the great thing about our show, you know, and, and the culture now is geek is acceptable. Oh, it's totally acceptable. Oh, it is. So, yeah, it's no, no, it's no longer uh, subculture; it's pop culture, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's great. Mm-hmm. So 
I kind of want to jump into this just because Comic-Con's over. It was really successful. And at least here, you're kind of a local celebrity and kind of known as like the <laughs> higher ranking geek. I mean, you're like the grand poobah here. I mean, how does but that fit? Well, I have to tell you, I, I, I really I feel adopted into the... The I don't feel like I I have all the knowledge that other people have in this area. I, I, for me, it's just a matter of I really enjoy it and I love it. And but more importantly, I I my geek out moments come when I see other people having a good time. And I I just I don't know. I, I guess I kind of live in the world by proxy, <laughs> watching other people okay. when 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 they they meet. Uh, you know, a famous celebrity. I mean, I enjoy it too. I don't don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm I'm so excited about Captain America. I I, I love doing that with the family. I, I'm into that, but I don't have a Star Wars collection. My wife has a Star Wars collection. I don't, but uh, I, I support her in it. <laughs> <laughs> so what what has been what have been some of the interesting things you've sort of learned as you be, you've become adopted into the uh, into the culture? Well, I'll tell you, there's just it, it's amazing to see how popular certain areas are that I I just didn't even realize existed. Doctor Who, for one, that's one that mm-hmm. it was really like a year ago when I went to the Fantasy Comic Con. I mean, I'm not, I'm with to the I'm sorry, the Phoenix Comic Con, and I uh, I went there and one of the guests was just really popular. And I'm like, okay, why is this guy so popular? Well. Doctor Who, you know, that really, wow, it, is, it didn't, it didn't occur to me that, uh, it, you know, that there was so much following for Doctor Who, and, and if you, you know, the thing is, if you walk down the street and, and ask people, it, you would find out that it's still, relatively speaking, a very small percentage of the population that are, are huge into Doctor Who, but when you're a Doctor Who fan, it's like, it's like a religion, and Yep. and you're so you're, you're so excited about it, and so you know, so um, it, you know, it's just, it's just really a fun thing to see. So Doctor Who's been interesting, you know, learning the term brown coats. You know, obviously this time around, <laughs> learning about the brown coats. That's uh, you know, that's really fun. Um, you know, um, to guess we have. So it, it is it really, you know, really. There's just there's there's so many different genres out there and what, what I love most of all is everybody gets along you know it's not like you know the the, the Whovians and the brown coats hate each other and they you know it's it's you know they they come to a band and then you got you got to have security there just to make sure the Whovians don't meet the brown coats or anything like that <laughs> so, very sharks versus jets yeah that's kind of like exactly if you a, uh, yeah, right that's <laughs> it's like a concert I went to where it was uh, Slayer opening for Marilyn Manson, which it didn't look like, like the, the amphitheater didn't look big enough, but there was like two different crowds just waiting for either of the two. <laughs> oh, man. It's like you don't want now, to get caught in the middle of that. You know. No. So what was it like when you guys wrapped up Comic-Con back in September and you know, found out you guys were pretty much the largest first year opening. I mean, that that's just says a lot, but that had to be a, like an amazing feeling. It was a yeah. I mean, obviously, we we all know the fans in Utah 
are amazing because you know, we're from here and we know you know we we experience that. But it it um it, when to, to see the turnout and the success and the support from the city, I mean, I mean that's the reality of it is is so many people came out and supported it, and you know they they said, well. You know, from the fan perspective, they said, "Well, if Comic Con's going to come here, we're going to show the world how how amazing it is." And, and the celebrities that came had a great time, and everybody just really, you know, the vendors were had a very successful show, and and many of them had some of the, you know, it's like the best show they did all year, or one of the best. And um, so, really, I'd, I'd say that the city, the fans of the city, and everybody, you don't even have to be, you didn't even have to be a super fan to come out. You know, you could come out and uh, just because you you like maybe one of the celebrities or or you had a, l- a little bit of interest to see what's going on, and that level of support just made it so fun to uh, you know at the end of it just to to have it be so successful. And what that that's done for us as a city and us from the perspective of a show producer is it makes it so much easier for us to get great talent at at the event. You know, from the artists to the celebrities and, and the also great vendors. And that's going to continue to build. You know, as long as the city supports this event like they, they have, it's going to, you know, it's going to continue to grow. And it will be one that, you know, right now there's still a little bit of, you know, everybody's looking in our direction, but they want to see what happens next. And yeah. they're waiting for for April to see really what, what happens. And if, if April blows up even bigger, which every indication is that we're headed that direction. If it if it does, then it just it, you know it'll become one of the the you know predominant uh, Comic Con type events in the country. Nice. Now, because you've had so much success and you you guys have a massive lineup for for Fan X here coming up in two weeks. Um, you know, what celebrities have you guys been able to line up that you're really excited about? Well. You know, like I mentioned earlier, one of my real, you know, that the, you know, my feeling that I, I kind of experience this via proxy. I look at I look at the ones that the fans are excited about, and I get excited about it. And so, like Nathan Fillion, of course, that's oh yeah, that's really huge for us to to be able to get him. And that was it was it was almost like it was with Shatner. I mean, I'm sorry, with uh, Stan Lee last time where things just happened just to line up almost serendipitously where we had we had planned things three months ahead of time we would have planned it the way it, it rolled out and, and it was just kind of fun with we, we literally found out on april fool's day that it was it was going to work out we you know we had an indication the night before but we're still waiting for the, the final confirmation and so we got mm-hmm. that and and then we you know we were able to roll that into April Fool's jokes that we had on the website. And it was just, it was fun to tease people a little bit and say, okay, he's he's coming. You announce it like that, and then have people wonder, okay, is this an April Fool's joke or is this for real? You know, yeah. <laughs> and people threatening to, you know, if this is an April Fool's joke, this is the worst one ever. <laughs> my, my wife was one of them. She actually told me to tell you that if Nathan Fillion was an April Fool's joke. She was going to track you down, and uh, <laughs> accidents would happen. Oh, wow. So, yes. there, I, I, I said it trouble. for you, dear. Um, I don't want to be an accomplice to that. Yeah. No, I mean, I well, think it's it, amazing. It, he's coming. So, yeah. yeah. 
I mean, that's amazing you've been able to, I mean, I'm, you know, everyone can attest I'm a huge, you know, Firefly mm-hmm. fan. I think most of us here at the table are. Yeah. Big Doctor Who nut. I mean, just having Karen there is amazing as well. So right. I, you guys have done a really good job with the lineup, and it, I, I don't see how you guys can't stop this giant boulder rolling down the hill. It just seems like it keeps picking up more and more momentum. There, and and I'll, I'll tell you the reason why it's been able to build like it has so far, um, because people have come in early and bought tickets, and, and that's the indicator that allows us to know how big to build the show. You know, the mm-hmm. more tickets we sell earlier on, the easier it is to, to kind of gamble from a producer standpoint on different celebrities. And, you know, if, of course, with Karen... Um, obviously people would hope that Matt Smith wouldn't have been far behind. And, and we really, I mean, it is one of those things. We got very close to get getting him to come, but he had some family um, obligations and things that made mm-hmm. it so he couldn't, couldn't make it this time. But uh, he, he's definitely someone who will be on the docket in the future. You know, pending wow. his schedule of filming and stuff. So yeah, he, he would be one. I mean, uh, obviously there's a lot of people uh, like that. It, it just schedules are always. It's always kind of tough to to schedule when people are actively working in other projects, and if they have a film like Norman Reedus, the situation there was obviously something that was frustrating to me because he was he was really the first guest that I I was going. I I have been going after him to get him involved with Salt Lake for probably a year and a half now. Just mm-hmm. even before I had a con put together, I had been talking to uh, his management about getting him out to to an event. And, uh, and I was so excited when we had him signed on, but there's always that kind of that kind of sitting on the edge of your seat wondering, well, hey, what happens if they get a film project that that goes longer or whatever? And that, that's basically what happened. And, and he had canceled two other events leading up to it. I guess this month he had two events that he was going to do and he had to cancel those as well as ours. Wow. So, wow. yeah. That's harsh. It is. It is hard because you know, there, are, there are fans that, you know, like Nathan, I've, I've heard of several people that are actually going to be flying into town to see him now. And, uh, you know, you you have that sort of, you know, people make those kind of plans. You, you definitely hope that your guests are able to keep coming, you know, to, to not yeah, have a problem yeah. personally to, to pull them out of the event. But, but it, I'd well, say I mean, it, it's common. Every, every event, there's going to be a few people. We did had a few yeah. people last time that had to drop out, and this time happened too. So, well, I mean, with you know, example like with Nathan, you're going to get more than just like the, the Bronco fans. You're going to get the fans <coughs> that have seen him in, you know, the. Dr. Horrible sing-along, and, you know, you're going to get the Castle fans that aren't really considering themselves geeks, but they love the show and just want to meet him. People who have seen Slither. Oh, yeah, Slither. <laughs> Another great classic movie. But, I, I, yeah. I, you know, I, just uh, the news, I mean, you've got most of the Next Generation cast, and then there's also the original set, I believe, of the Bri- Enterprise Bridge that's going to be there yeah. as well. Yep. So, I, uh-huh. I mean... When else are you going to ever see those guys or the, that bridge? That's just amazing. Yeah, I'm kind of curious. What is what is the logistics of putting all that together uh, for the one, for one show? 
Well, it, it kind of it has to build over time. And here, here's the other thing that's interesting is around the United States, there's, well, I'd say United States and Vancouver in Canada, there are three other large events. There's uh, WonderCon, there's the Vancouver Fan uh, Expo, and then there's uh, AwesomeCon in Washington, D.C., and then plus there's several other smaller events. So we've had, we had kind of, a, there, there was a lot that from the vendor and celebrity standpoint, they, they had a lot of choices. And um, it really had so much to do with the fact that the fans here came out so strong in September that we were able to get the lineup that we that we have. It, it was really the credit to the fans for making that possible. So um, it is. It, it, it it's something that just kind of builds. It's like we we line up the the next generation cast, and then then we get in contact with the the people that had the bridge, and then it, you know it's just all those things kind of line up, you know. The, the people that had the bridge, they could have gone to WonderCon. It would have been an easier show for them. But because we had the Next Generation cast, it was like, well, it makes sense for them to be here. And so mm-hmm. that, those are kind of the decisions that people are making in uh, in kind of pulling this together. And, and it just, it, it it's kind of like um, these things clump together. Uh, these opportunities will, will, you know, they kind of have a gravity to pull, pull together for the event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a sense of serendipity almost, where it's just all the all the pieces line up just right. Yeah, I mean, it, it, there's been so much, uh, you know, I, I call it serendipity in this that it just you, you you try to line up a lot of things, but when they when it comes together like it does, it, it's it's amazing. And, and you know, we have a lot of great people on staff, a lot of volunteers that you know they kind of reach out to their networks and help the to build, you know, what the show has become. Well, I mean, one thing that's really great that you guys have done that not a lot of cons in the area have done is where you guys have kind of had some little mini events here and there that kind of keep that, you know, that, that feel and excitement going on. You had the one with George Takei when he came out, and then you had the zombie ball recently. So, I mean, is this going to kind of be a theme where you guys are going to continue to have these small events so we can kind of keep the you know, the excitement going absolutely um and and you know there may be a situation where uh, let's say there's a celebrity that couldn't make it or, or maybe cancel an, an, an event and in order to get them anytime soon we may need to do another event like george decay and uh so that that sort of thing we we definitely plan to do more of that nice Hmm. Okay, so I um, I was really curious though is um, after you know once you had you had time to sort of decompress and get all the final tallies and final numbers from uh, the first Comic Con in September, I mean, what sort of lessons were learned uh, after dealing with all of that and that and what are you applying to the fan experience? Well, well the biggest thing was the crowd control, um, and and I will say I, I use the term crowd control loosely because the, uh, the 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 people here in Utah were so polite and so amazing in the situation where people could have lost their heads uh, out of frustration and they weren't they, they people were so patient and, and accepting um, but the biggest thing is 
as cool as it looked to see those people lined up around the building, I hated it. You know, I mean, it, mm-hmm. it looks good for, as you know, for the news. It looks good for so many ways from a, let's say, a marketing perspective. I hated it. You know, obviously nobody wants to wait in line. They want to get into the event. And so we've created, we have a lot more entrance points this time. We've got over double the square footage of uh, convention floor space. We have the full salt palace. And then we mm-hmm. also have, wow. um, yeah, it is. We have, yeah, we have the whole thing. It was 515,000 square feet. Uh, oh. And uh, we also have the ticketing areas where we had had it done, done them in the front lobby. We actually have them to the uh, inside the halls on each end, and that's going to allow people to come in from the uh, west and from the south into there. And actually, I think it can hold almost 20,000 people in the lines waiting to get in to the convention. So uh, as people are waiting for the doors to open or if they're registering, that, that can hold up to 20,000 people. So in other words, you don't want to see a big long line outside of the convention. You I, want to I see don't. a large pack yeah. of people inside the convention having the time <laughs> of their life. Right. It doesn't like do that. any good. And, and, and we have the footage, and so we recorded it. And so there's, there's no reason we need to relive that again. But we'll, yeah. we'll do what we can to make sure we get people in the doors. Well, I mean, we've been to several larger cons, and they do something very similar. They don't like that line outside. They get you inside, and they move you through pretty quickly. Yeah, they've, they've got a good system. But it's that opening door. I mean, we, we've seen people just pile up, and then the door They're opens, blocked. and it's just like this massive... The floodgates yes. are open. Yeah, this, it, it's amazing to see the hundreds of thousands of people just sitting outside that door. Mm-hmm. So... Um, yeah, it's. I'm excited for the this. I mean, what? It's two weeks away from today yeah. now. Yeah, it uh, is. Wow. Yeah, it's, and it and, and it sounds like you guys yeah. have done a great job. So we are talking with Dan Farr, the mastermind behind the Salt Lake Comic Con experience, which the which we are particularly talking about uh, the Fan X, which is happening in just two weeks. So if you have a question that you want to mm-hmm. ask Dan. Feel free to give us a call at 66-226-1475. Or, as always, you can leave us an email at info at Dungeon Callers Radio. You can also find us on the Facebook, or you can look us up on Google+, iTunes, uh, download uh, any of our archives on on the iTunes, uh, what is it? Oh, I can't remember the other one. Oh, Blog Talk Radio. There iTunes, Stitcher, <laughs> Blog Talk Radio. We're everywhere. You guys are everywhere. Where, yeah, wherever, any, wherever anywhere podcasts fine, are to be gotten. Any, yeah, anywhere fine podcasts and podcast replays are sold. <laughs> Now, I want to give you guys some credit. Um, Number one, conventions are really hard to put together. I've been to a numerous amount of them. And I know the heart, the soul, the dedication, the blood, sweat, and tears that it goes to go into a convention just to have one every 12 months. What did it take to pull it off in seven or did you have you guys plan on yeah. having them so close together, or did you guys just like, oh my gosh, you know the fans love that we need to have another one, you know let's let's get this going. I mean, what was your yeah. experience in doing this? Because I want to make sure that everyone knows, you know, just how hard and just how dedicated you guys are to the fans. Well, I I would uh, I, I would like to. You know, first on that, just point out how amazing the staff is. That you know, the people that have been helpful. You know, some of our our partners in the industry and everything to help make that possible. Because you, you're right, um, most conventions will plan ahead 
a year or two before they they go out and we were able to work with like our partners at Media One. Uh, they they handled the ticketing for us, they're handling you know the booth sales, all of that stuff. And so that that takes like half the burden right off the top. And uh there's just so many people in the city have come forward and say, you know, that have experience in various areas and have said, hey, let, let us help you. And that's what's making this possible. And, you know, you're right. It, it is just a ton of work. But I, I would, uh, you know, for all of us that are on the staff here, we, we love it. And we, we love this, to see the payoff in, in a sense when people come and have a good time. That, that's really the payday uh, for, for doing something like that. And we felt that we didn't want to wait 12 months <laughs> for the next event. We wanted to, to, uh, to you know, to, to make this happen sooner. And, and uh, you know, the, the other thing with it, too, is we the, – there's some momentum that builds from one to the next. And so we feel that the next event in September to follow this one, we feel that there's a, a good portion of the legwork will, be, will have been done because of – of everything we're doing for April and, you know, looking at building kind of systems to help maintain that. You know, we've even started to line up some of the celebrity guests for September and uh, the, the booth sales, for example, I think they were over half sold for the, for the convention hall. So it's, you know, the people that bought April, many of them bought both months. And so that way wow. it, yeah, so so it creates a yeah. Well, and once again, it's it's the fans that make that possible. It's the support from from the city that makes that so these people want to come, you know, come in from out of state and, and bring a booth here. I, I'm I'm amazed at the work that goes into uh, these people that come and set up these these big booths and things. Uh, the effort that they have, they have to put in to to bring the stuff here, let alone um, take the time just to be here. Yeah. So, go ahead. I was going to say, it's, you just gave me goosebumps because that's exactly what's behind really good conventions, you know, and it's just the magic. It's like, it's like going to Disney World, you know, and everything is just ran from the soul and the heart, and it, it did. You gave me goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, and, and I, I do, I mean, I am, 100% sincere that we love this. We, you know, Brian Brandenburg, who's my my partner in the business, who handles the social media and marketing, and uh, the rest of the team here. We all love this stuff. It's it's not like it, you know we're, as, you know, I mentioned kind of being adopted into the fandom market, but see, I have my areas. I, I'm I'm big into Halloween productions. I, I do a spook alley in my house, and I've got into going to the conventions that they had for. Halloween. So, you know, I understand being a, a real fan of things. I uh, I just don't have a Star Wars collection. That's it. But I, I I'm a fan. <laughs> so. It's okay. Your house sounds yeah. eerily close to my house at Halloween. <laughs> Little kids yeah. running and screaming is awesome. Although I'm I'm pretty sure his uh, Revan's house is a little bit scarier because all of his kids are ginger. Hey. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Just because I don't have a soul doesn't mean anything. Well, that's... <laughs> okay. Yeah. All the more but I, I like I like to I like to see the adults scream. That that's what I, that for me is fun when you, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know the parents are walking through their kids 
and you actually scare the parents more than the kids because yep. they, you know they think they're all brave, and so <laughs> we, we try to do that. That's a lot of fun. If I can always scare the dad, I'm set. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, what events do you guys have that's really big for the fans? That usually. Um, like usually there's like a masquerade, you know, the costume contest. Some people have talent shows. Um, what are some of the big things that you guys are really promoting for the fans to do or to make, you know, make a costume or prepare a talent? Uh, what What are some of those events that you guys are going to be having? Well, on Saturday we do have a big, uh, you know, our, our cosplay contest. And uh, last time the cos, you know, the cosplay contest that we had, filled our largest hall and that, that was like 3,500 people and wow. so now that we, we we actually created you know so we we made that um, it, it's the ballroom and we made that even um, bigger this time with close to, I think it's going to be closer to 5,000 seats and I'm, and we're certain it's going to be full with people for that Ooh. costume contest oh, wow yeah. wow and, and the costume mm-hmm. class last September were really amazing. I mean, especially the people that won. I, I, these people that do this cosplaying just amaze me because I mean, most of this is homemade. It's not like they went out and bought a costume. And they look more realistic than what you probably see in a movie most times. So, they, yeah, they are, yeah they're, they're at least movie quality for sure. I mean, they, they, these people that do this, they spend a lot of time and a lot of money making the, these costumes. Yeah, it, it is very impressive to me. But you know what? I, I'll, I'll tell you that this is what I've I've kind of come to terms with. I mean, I'm trying to understand what it is about us because you, you guys are in the same category. You know, what is it about us that we really get into this sort of element, and what what drives us? And what what I feel is that that we all have a creative side to us. You know, that I, I think the the people that don't really have a creative flair, whether it's, you know, whether it's collecting things or whether it's making costumes or whether it's doing a spook alley at home or whatever it may be, the people that aren't necessarily creative, but they're, you know, maybe they're more logical, I don't know what it, you know, it, it's, I think we're the ones that when we watch these movies or when we read a book or a comic book or whatever it may be, that it really becomes part of us, you know, we internalize it much more than other people that maybe watch the same movies and they stay on the surface of it. They don't really get into the depths of of that entertainment. And we really, when we watch the entertainment, we want to become a part of it. And uh, so I think that's kind of the driving force behind, you know, what what uh, Comic-Con and, and other events like this have become is that, that there are creative people that that we become so immersed in, in the entertainment that we, we have to find a way to, to touch it in reality and, you know, meeting William Shatner because we enjoyed the Star Trek series and when we watched it, it really meant more to us than just, uh, you know, killing a, a little time. Yeah. No, I, I have to agree on that. That's, that's, that's a great way to explain it. So, now, you did mention you've, we've ha- you've had a lot of support from the community. Now, have you had a, how has that been with the city and that getting behind this because you know some cities that you know it's kind of taboo though oh, hey we got the we got a con here but i mean how is salt lake really kind of jumped on board with this well they 
I, I'd say I, I I think they did. You know, they didn't get it at first, but when they came and saw what happened, that it made all the difference. You know, I I had uh, Ben McAdams, who's the Salt Lake County Mayor, as they were trying to promote the 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 new convention hotel, his office. They contacted us and said, "Hey, will you guys come down and and be a part of the pitch, a media pitch with us because." What you guys have been a part of helps to to create a, a, an image of what can happen here in the city if we if we expand uh, with the, with the convention hotel and uh, mm-hmm. so they were you know downtown alliance as well has been behind us visit Salt Lake has been fantastic um, but I'll, I'll tell you the most amazing thing to me is to see how the governor has come out in support of this um, you know the governor's economic Development Office, they've been really supportive, uh, and and Spence Eccles who leads that group, and and uh, some of the other guys, they um, they came to the event the night of the first night it opened, and Spence started calling all of the staff, and he said, okay, you guys have to be here, you have to come see this, you know, it wasn't like a, a, a encouragement, it was it was a mandate. He brought the whole staff in to check it out, and then the governor, I mean, this was amazing. So we we had set up an opportunity for some some of the guests that were at at, at uh, Comic Con on the Thursday to go up and meet the governor, and he took them into his office, and I mean, he spent time with them. And then he he took Manu Bennett into his office and just talked for a long time, and you know, really made him feel welcome. Then the next day, William Shatner came into town, and so the governor went down to the Grand America Hotel um, before Shatner went over to the convention center, and he spent an hour talking to. To Shatner, and then they ended up making. Uh, they were going to go to dinner after, and they, um, and then the next day the governor went down to the airport in his car, and you know they, the driver of course, and they they went on the tarmac and picked up Stanley off the tarmac, so he didn't even have to go through the airport to get picked up. He gets picked up soon. You know they set up a ladder, walk him off the plane, gets picked up by the governor, and brought over to the convention. That's the type of thing that the support that we've had, and and that's unprecedented, of course. That that, that doesn't happen wow. anywhere else. No, wow. that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Just so you know, while we're speaking about mayors, I have a <laughs> story that is always humorous. If you ever have a mayor, you have to get Aaron Douglas to be there so he can get a picture with the mayor, because he was in Springfield, Missouri, about a year or two ago. And the mayor came in, and he wanted to, him and Shane Moore were going at it, like, all weekend, just funny, funny, funny stuff. And so the mayor came in, Shane was in a panel, Aaron got a picture with the mayor, (laughs) and it was this huge production, you know, cameras, media attention, you know, the whole nine yards. When the mayor left, Shane came out of the panel, and Aaron's like, I got a picture with the mayor, I got to talk to him, and everything else, and ever since then... Whenever they can get a mayor at a convention, they always take a picture and then they always post it everywhere. It's it's hysterical to watch them too. Huh? Really? Well, yes. I, I need to find out if Mayor McAdams will be in town. If if she is, then maybe I, I need to reach out and check on Aaron Douglas because that's yeah. uh, you know you know because I, I think we're we're pretty we've got a lot of people coming, so we've we've. Uh, it, we, we don't know if we have room for more, but 
Aaron Douglas is one that we've been wondering about just because of, you know, his uh, uh, Battlestar Galactica stuff. And, um, yeah. you know, it sense with, with uh, Edward James almost for them to be He's here, I would say. Super, so, super nice. But when you ask him, say, we'll even try and get the mayor for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, he, he, he would be fun. Wow. Well, thank you yeah. very much, Dan, for joining us. I'd ask you if you're going to be going to any cons any tunes soon, but I think we already know that answer. <laughs> we know that, yeah. 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 Question, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, well, uh, I have if, to tell you, I'm, I'm, tempted, I'm tempted to go to St. Louis. I'm like thinking, can I get out to St. Louis? Because they have the Wizard World in St. Louis this weekend. And, yeah. You know, uh, some of my friends are going to be there. And I'm like, hmm, how, how can I do that? <laughs> It'd but uh, I will ask this. So if somebody wants to ha- get involved, if somebody wants to uh, uh, volunteer, I-, I think it might be a little too late for Fan X, but if they want to volunteer for the September uh, Comic-Con, uh, where do they need to go? You know, do-, do they have like a website they can go to to uh, get on the list, or uh, what can they do? Well, yes. In fact, you know, just go to the uh, Comic-Con.com website, and then under Contact, um, you, they can go into general contact and they can they can do that. So nice. All right. So yeah. if you uh, they, want they, to yeah. uh, volunteer for uh, Comic Con uh, that's coming up in just a few more months, September. September. Uh, before yeah. we even know it. September yep. fourth. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Just just right around the corner, right before my wife's birthday. <laughs> oh wow! Good birthday party. Uh, Right. It was actually like uh, year, it was actually uh, last year's ended on my wife's birthday. So yeah, uh, uh-huh. yeah. yeah, he had to leave early. So I, I, I just oh, have yeah. to say, you know, we've been around for what five years now, and the cons here, I mean, they've been okay, but there's nothing like this. And you guys are really up the ante, and you've brought a great fun con. I mean, we've we've gone to Gen Con and a few others. The atmosphere is just fun the whole time you're there, and it's almost like you're in a time warp. I mean, you walk in, and the next thing you know, it's 8 o'clock at night, and you're like, whoa, what did I do? Because you've had so much fun. You guys have great panels going on. You have activities going on, tons of celebrities. I mean, Henry Winkler uh, stands out in my mind at Comic-Con. He he went personally, person to person in his line and shook their hand and said, Thank you for standing in my line. Thank you for being here. And, you know, wanted to know a little bit about them. I, it was just amazing to think that he took that, that amount of time out and then you go back, sit down, and then start signing. It, it just was nonstop with the, how celebrities would do things like that. So uh, and I just have yeah, to say... Yeah, he, he personif- he, I just say he personifies the fan experience to the yeah. T. He, he was, he, I've, I've had more compliments about him than I think anybody... Yeah, I I just have to say, you know, kudos to you guys for making something that's so amazing that, you know, we can go there as fans, as spectators or whatever, and not have to go to San Diego or to go to another con. Because, yeah, San Diego is great, but it's just so, seems like overhyped. And it's, it's not become fun anymore, I guess is the correct word. Not only was it overhyped, but it's, Running out of room. Yeah. There's so many people who go every year to, to Comic-Con, and there's just not enough space anymore. Yeah. It's killing people. When they yeah. Get there. So, but, uh, no, yeah, again, kudos, because this is, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I, well, thank you. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. So uh, one one final question. Go ahead. Put a sure. final final point on it. So you said there was going to be five hundred fifty thousand square feet. Do you think that's going to be but, enough to contain it all? <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm thinking this time it will. I, I, I'm really yeah. I'm I'm hoping that nobody will be turned away. I, I mean that yeah that, that to me I I would feel I I feel bad if somebody can't get in. You know that that of course is. Uh, uh, you know, when you look forward to an experience like this, you want to be able to do it. Um, mm-hmm. So, I, so I, I hope we don't get to the point where people are turned away. Um, but I, I think in time we, we are going to bump up against the edges of, of the capacity of the Salt Palace. And the Salt Palace is a great building, has a lot of capacity. But uh, I, you know, that, that's one of the reasons why we were supportive of the convention hotel because it will give some overflow space for us. Um, yeah. it, you know. It, in the future, so, but, but I think I think it'll be sized pretty well this time because because of all of the extra space that we have. Okay. Excellent. All right. Well, for everyone out there, this yeah. is Dan Farr, the mastermind behind Salt Lake Comic Con, and Fanex. So if you haven't got your tickets already, you have two weeks to not wait and go buy them now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, like right now. Buy them right now no. because you only right have now. two weeks to go. Yes. Um, you're not going to regret it. I mean, I at Comic Con, I ran into people that are not geeks that went just to go for the experience that loved it. So you will too. So, yes, drag your spouse, even if she's not a geek. Even if you're yeah. going to get engaged, yeah. it's a great place to get she engaged. She will be. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. There you go. Or get married, right? Yeah. That's yeah. right, man. Yeah, you can see if you could have Nathan yeah. or uh, Nathan Fillion officiate it. <laughs> there you <laughs> he's go. He's technically a captain. <laughs> yeah, he is. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, hey, hey, he's a captain. He can there do it, go. right? Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time this evening. We appreciate it, and uh, we hope to see you at FanX. I uh, look forward to seeing you guys. Thank you so much. All right. Thank All you. Right, thank have you. A great have night. a good night. You too. All right. Goodbye. Bye. Dan Farr, everybody. Yeah. Mastermind of criminal genius. Oh my gosh! I, Super nice. Very, very nice guy. Very, nice. very very nice guy. I love um, the heads yeah. of conventions like that. It's amazing. I had an opportunity to talk to him before the whole Comic Con thing started. When he was, it was an idea, and they were booked in a very small space, and within literally weeks of them getting their first kind of guest. They had to move to the Salt Palace. You know, and then they're like, oh, hey, we sold 15,000 tickets. And then, oh, hey, wow, we sold 30. Uh, and then, uh, oh, well, don't wait, wait a minute, we're at 45. I mean, it just kept going. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's amazing. It, but you can see the, the genuine heartfelt desire and passion behind this just from talking with Dan. Uh, and most of the, the people there have that same passion and drive, and that's why it, it comes together so well. So just kudos to those guys. And uh, I'm serious. If you don't have your ticket, you need to go now and get it. Yes, otherwise, what is wrong with you? But, yes, what is wrong with you? Because we will have Lagoon chase you down and whack you with a wooden <laughs> or something. I don't know. I'll do it. I know you will. So, Geek uh, Mafia. <laughs> yeah, right? The Geek Mafia. No. I'll, I'll so, throw some D20s at you. Now, because we brought up the volunteer thing, uh, we're broadcasting live from Epic Puzzles and Games, like we do every week. Yeah. So 
Epic Puzzles and Games is also hosting some of the gaming events there. Now, they need some volunteers. So if you want to get passes to go to FanEx, but also help out in some of the gaming, I mean, that means you're going to be running games, you're going to be having some fun, you're not just going to be standing around saying, yes, your ticket, please. Oh, you can't come through this door. No, you're going to be playing games and having fun. They're holding a volunteer training this Saturday, April 5th, at 10 a.m. Just come down to Epic Puzzle Game in the West Valley. Yep, located Vol- at uh, 3300 South, just past... Just 3900, 3900 West South? and 3500 South. It's two days from now, guys. It is, yeah, it's two days, literally. So if you want to volunteer and get in, they're going to get you a pass. Yeah. You don't have to pay. So, if I, mean, I, I, I don't. Awesome. And, yeah. and yeah. all you have <laughs> to do is play a and game. play games. Oh, how darn. horrible is that? I mean, granted, you're playing games with strangers, but you get a chance to play with friends now. Yes. Yeah. So I'm just putting it out there because they asked me to, to do so. Well, that and, and come puzzles. on, that and you want to. Puzzles and Games is an awesome place, and they have they are awesome amazing. people here. Yes, and they have this really cool geek show that's here every Thursday night. Yeah. Who could that be? Oh, I don't man. know. I don't know. I, I've heard about these guys. Yeah. These guys and gal that are uh, yeah. that are here. So all you can say is now we need a gorilla because we, yeah that because, was a, that was an amazing yeah we need a gorilla. that's a high five worthy event yeah. right there yeah. gorilla to high five that's it <laughs> all right uh, should we take a break uh, yeah it's uh, about top of the hour right now so um, let's quickly play the Amazon drop and okay. then we'll go to break and sure. uh, geek news gamer forge and all sorts of craziness. Okay. Will ensue. Sure. Or not. Gentlemen. Or maybe. Behold! Dungeon Crawler Radio! <laughs> this next half of the interview is going to be brought to you by Amazon.com. Uh, once you're done with listening to the show, if you want to get yourself any of the other books that you've been uh, hearing about in the past few weeks, just go to the sidebar uh, located at DungeonCrawlersRadio.com, clear out your cookies, enter in your search term. And shop as normal. It doesn't cost you anything extra and uh, even kicks a little bit of money back to us. So it's not entirely a selfless gesture. That's Amazon.com. Okay. So there it is. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Whoa, I am clicking all over the place. Yeah, yeah. you're turning everything off. That's amazing. <laughs> you're nowhere near the board and you're turning everything off. I'm still off. screwing things up. Oh, well. All right, with that said... Um, so, uh, musica! Up, musica! Music. Musica! So, uh, after after the break, we have uh, some geek news. Uh, Gamer Forge. Yeah. And. Little Ben. And Little Ben. Yes. Alrighty. So, let me find it. Yes. What are, find what the are we magic to? Way down. What's. What's. What? Unfortunately, what I don't it? think there's any new music in there. Yeah, I don't think so I, either. Yeah. Okay, so we will be back very I know. soon. Alright. We'll be back. Maybe. Perhaps. Possibly. Oh, we will. It's raining tacos.
cheese, cheese, cheese. It's raining tacos. Raining tacos. Raining tacos. It's raining tacos. It's raining Card. It's only $15 and it comes with a free magazine subscription. I totally want that. She was nice to me. She's my final fantasy. She's the girl. She's the girl at the video game.
left behind I remember when the sun still shined I remember the night and days When the children laughed and sang songs to play I'm a shell of what I used to be There's a monster inside of me My dark soul is twisted black I don't think there's any coming back Here we sit in the sweat and sun And welcome back. You, you know, that song just like, it, it puts me in a cool groove. It does? It does. Oh, yeah. And what is the title of that song? That was uh, Stephen Thunder Tibbs, Blood Bone. So, talking about people's blood and bones just puts you in a chill it, place. It does. <laughs> All right. Well, I this even is, totally you, hit my head on that. <laughs> coming from the munitions <laughs> You're guy. talking from a person who, for a, a, a portion amount of his uh, um, 
professional career, used to talk about inventive ways of killing people, and then, you know, would calm down by listening to Slayer albums. So, yeah. So, all this teaches me is if a zombie apocalypse ever breaks out, we just listen to Flagoon. Yep. I don't that, know about that. He but he's not, in, he's, not, he's not the commander <laughs> or the captain. We just listen to him. Yeah. I mean, I, I, well, no, I, I don't think he's the idea guy. I'd probably he's be. The, I'm going to save your guy. <clears throat> yeah. The Most save your guy. Save your insert bleep there guy. Yeah. He's self-censoring. Yeah. It's the how many people here have actually had training on deadly use of force? Oh, I'm the only hand up here. How many people here have only ha- have had training on on uh, survival in the wilderness? Oh, I'm also. I was a boy scout. That doesn't count. Hey, it does too. <laughs> Not really. I can light a fire. I've been dropped off in the middle of a. Uh, I've been dropped off on a deserted island. And I know what roots and berries to eat and not to eat. I can buy a protein bar. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I can go steal some Twinkies. How many protein bars are you gonna find in the middle of the forest? That'll get you a week. <laughs> Whatever I brought in my pocket. I mean, like. <laughs> Whatever's in your pocket. I got cargo shorts. Still. So yeah. Day seventeen in the wilderness. <laughs> I still have one crumb of my protein bar left. I'm going to make it. As long as the chocolate peanut butter one, we're good to go. Yeah, all right. Okay. I got to just drink a gallon of water with him. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, well, uh, well. welcome back to Dungeon Crawlers Radio, back at Epic Puzzles and Games live in West Valley City. Or I think we've revamped and now we're like zombie survival people. Really? I don't know. I, I, actually, I actually did a, uh, a, a five-minute presentation yesterday on uh, zombie... Or at least zombie identification and classification, oh, wow. and uh, and uh, defense against them. And when I told everybody about, um, you know, when all else fails, do a pelvic shot, and I had an arrow pointing right to a zombie's groin, everybody's eyes just like bugged out, and they were like, "What?" Yeah, hey, you never see that. Yeah, you don't really see that. You destroy the pelvic, and they can't walk. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, just then, think, it, then think, they're just crawling with their arms, and you yeah, can get away from that. Think of the human body as a car. If the heart and lungs are the engine, and the brain and the head and the brain is the computer, then your pelvic bone is the drive sh- is the uh, drive shaft. Yeah. So if you take out the drive shaft, it's not going see, anywhere. See, that lends credence to my uh, overall credo of playing sports or anything competitive. If you kill the testicles, the head dies. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so true. That doesn't work on females, though. I never... You know, I've never tested that theory. I'm not going to even go there. <laughs> okay. So, move on. Then how many full-contact sports do you play with uh, with women? I'm not to say that they that they can't play it. I'm just how many of them do you actually play with? Them? Ultimate Frisbee. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Ultimate Frisbee is a good... Good one. Yeah, yeah there we go. Accidental but, collisions. But happen. my thing is, is if I'm playing with somebody and they do kick me in the jewels, I'm not playing with them anymore. I'm not getting up. I'll be crying. <laughs> I'll be honest. I'll eventually get up in a few days. As but he crawls off the field. As, as I crawl off the field, feebly with one hand. <laughs> but you know, you're gonna be like one of those guys. You're gonna be on the ground going. Yes. You sound like Beaker from the Muppet. I'm okay with that. I am fully aware of my limitations. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, but yeah, eventually, you know, as soon as I, I, I mend in a few months, and they say, hey, Lay, or hey, hey Flagoon, you want to play Ultimate Freely? I'll be like, is Joe playing? And they're like, oh, hell yeah. I'm not playing with him. He kicks you in the nuts. <laughs> I'm not going to play with him afterwards. What, what can so you, can't, you can't say that because he kicks your butt 
at Betrayal and Firefly over and over again. You still play with them? I, I, I rocked him last time we played Firefly, and the only reason yep. why he won at Betrayal was because he was the only one who wasn't stuck in the catacombs and wasn't always getting event cards. We need to play Betrayal. <laughs> we do need to play oh, Betrayal yeah. again. Yeah. I don't think I've played it. I'm pretty sure I haven't. So, basically, oh. this, this is an awesome game. So, it's pretty much you are in a B-horror movie. Why you're out in the forest, who knows? But why, why you're wandering who, through maybe, a haunted house? And then you walk into this creepy old house that's on the hill. Why? Because it's there. Reasons. And, you, yeah, you, and then it's tile-based, so you're flipping the tiles and discovering the rooms, and things are happening, you're finding cool, creepy things, and then things Scary add up, and then the haunt happens. And what happens at the haunt? Pretty much someone in your group is out to kill you. Yeah, they brought you so, out here... Yeah. To for kill you. you to die. Yeah. So it's that person against everyone else, and there's certain conditions. It's there's like 50 different random scenarios. I feel like I'd have to make better friends. And then the house <laughs> is completely yeah. random. But not only that, when you think you know, you think you got it all down, your rolls can completely screw you up, and then you're toast. Yeah, you have a lot of patience. No, you do. You actually do need a little bit of patience. Like the setup and the playthrough does take a little bit of time. And you need but, less patience than playing the Firefly board game. Yeah, yeah. That one it's, it's a little bit quicker. <laughs> Firefly boarding game, it, board game, one, if you're playing with all new carrot players, and two, if you're cycling through these brand new players every, like, half hour or so, yeah, the game's going to take a long time. Yes. And then when one player decides to disappear for an hour and a freaking half, hey, cough, go, Revan, it cough. wasn't an hour and a half. It was I had other job duties to do. Hour 15? I mean... It wasn't an hour and 15. <laughs> oh, it was only like 15 or 20 minutes here and there. Here and there. <laughs> yeah, two total of hour and a half. And they wonder why that, that game took over six hours. It was... Wow. I still lost. I've won and... But I almost had the entire crew of the Serenity. I was happy. That works. Yeah. All right. All so, right, let's move on. Let's, uh, it is uh, 710. So, so you guys are moving on to Geek News. Oh, well, yeah. Let's I have move to sign out and say adios. And let's we'll catch you uh, next kick Revan to the curb yep. because... Yeah. Boot! I gotta work. I know, it sucks. Real life. But little Ben's here. I am. His buddy's here. We got Cotter with us. Yeah, he, they, can, they can more than make up for me. Probably not. Because, <laughs> and, and it sounds like, it sounds like Firebird's singing. Is Firebird back? Yeah, she's okay. back. Well, Firebird's back. Yeah, yeah, Rev doesn't have his I don't have my headphones on, so it. I can't hear anything. I'm like a deaf man. And then, um, <laughs> let's see, what else? Uh, uh the, Chris, the intern's gone. He's hidden in a cave. Yeah, he's not here tonight. Maybe weeping. I, I actually turned the power off to his cave. You turned the power yeah. off? Yeah. That's probably why he's uh, weeping. So he's, yeah, that, that would explain He lost it. his Wi-Fi? Yeah. yeah, he lost his Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi, internet. His privileges, his Wi-Fi. Power, power. I actually, remote, I everything. I actually put a Faraday cage around the cave. Nice. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's impressive. Yeah. It, it's, it's actually, I think it's like the tent, um, um, uh, uh, what's the word? Mechanical marvel or architectural marvel of the world right now? Yeah, cool. Yeah, it, it, it's views, it's viewable on Google Maps. Not Sweet. really. Just right like Pokemon. Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, right yes. next to the Pokemon. Yeah, <laughs> which everyone has already found before it was even launched. That was yeah. awesome. I didn't even try. I felt like I would get on there and get lost in something. Yeah, I got like twenty. Oh well. Where do you have the time? So all right, I'm okay. out of here. You guys enjoy. Everyone right. next week. Great show. Catherine Addison. If you guys don't remember, that's okay. You know, we are going to be doing this again, so you can just leave. Okay, yeah, bye. Go. Yeah. <laughs> Have a good night. Lagoon has ripped the mic away. Because <laughs> it's the only time he ever gets to. All right, so... Uh, <laughs>
and Firebird's still singing. <laughs> I, I may or may not have been. <laughs> so Justice Lagoon said it is uh, about uh, ten past the hour. It's time for some geek news before we have to start wrapping up the show with the Gamer Forge. So let's hit us. Let's hit. Uh, let's hit the internet with some science. Some science, y'all. Do, do you need us to drop a beat for the science? Um. No, I, I, just, I don't know if I could put that to a wrap, but. Okay. Let's see. How do we want to do? Do you want to hit us with some science first? Uh, I don't really have science, but I've got Hearthstone news. What about Ninja Turtles? You hear the new casting news? Yeah. Johnny Knoxville, Leonardo. Yeah, yeah. Johnny. Yeah. Uh, actually, I was just, just going to cover that. Actually. So. Um. Yeah. After seeing the trailer and one Megan Fox to Michael Bay, I'm. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, gonna be already gone over that's that. gonna be a movie that I'll probably watch when I drag you to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you drag me to it, if if one, I don't have anything better to do. Doesn't and matter. trust me, there will be a lot of things that I have better to do than watch that uh, abortion. And two, Ouch. if it's free, and class, I'm yo. not getting paid, and I don't have to pay to see it. That <laughs> those are really the only two. Like those are the two caveats that for for me to actually watch that. You and, gotta throw in the in the soda too. Yeah. Well, yeah. If you go, go all in. Yeah. That's right. You have to get dragged to that thing. You're also going to cater, man. It's not just going to be like popcorn. You're also getting me nachos. Nachos. Oh. <laughs> nachos and a Slurpee. We're good to go. Yeah. I have popcorn. Popcorn. It. I know. It's one or the other one. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm not going. But, we'll work this out. Yeah. We, yeah. We'll, we can negotiate this one. But really, uh, so uh, so yeah, it was announced today that I mean, if anyone who had been out there watching the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, preview that was just released last week may have noticed that uh, Leonardo sounded kind of like Johnny Knoxville. That's because it was Johnny Knoxville, and uh, it's also announced or just shown today that uh, the role of Splinter or Splinter's voice was played by Tony Shalhoub from Monk. Kind of weird. I kind of I'm half expecting uh, Splinter to start. Like polishing like all the all the the sewer, the, the, the turtles layer and stuff, and it's like it's, super clean, and yeah. clean house, clean the mind. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, so yeah, yeah, not a Japanese or Oriental person in the bunch. I, I'm just saying, you know what? That's, that's what we get. Let's, let's live with it. Okay. Let's just, let's just, uh, uh, we, we can't change it now. From, yeah, the, well, the, this, whole, this whole production lost me from the get-go, from the mention of Michael Bay. So, yeah, let's, let's go on. Okay. I'm, I'm sad. Okay, well. So, uh, Hearthstone, uh, for those of you who don't know what that is, it is uh, Blizzard's very popular free-to-play uh, trading card game online. Um, right now, it has actually grown to more than 10 million players on just the uh, BlizzardNet account, or on the BattleNet account. It is na- uh, Blizzard has made the announcement that it is going to iPad and iOS. So you can get your Hearthstone on from far, far away and continue to not being a productive member of society because, yeah, I got, I got, Murloc, I got Murlocs to kill, and now you got more of them. Yeah, huh. I gotta make me a Murloc deck and pwn, pwn me some nubs, y'all. Pwn some nubs. Hey, those Murlocs, on their defense, are really vicious. Oh, I just say. Mur, the, the, uh, have you played? Uh, have you played Hearthstone, Firebird? I have not played.
played Hearthstone. I used to play World of Warcraft, and then I got rid of my account with the pandas. Ah, I know. Killed it. I I left right before the end, uh, right before the beginning of Cataclysm, and yeah, uh, Cataclysm was still Cataclysm was still pretty good. It was. That's that's what I heard. I just I just did not have time for it. So yeah, but Hearthstone's actually pretty fun. I, I've I've picked it back up. I, I've picked it up, and it's it's enjoyable. And there's a lot of like little nods back to Vanilla WoW. Oh really? Yeah, you can get Vanilla Nat was Pag- so much fun. You can get Nat Pagel, and there's a card for the, there's a Leroy Jenkins card. <laughs> yes, because that's important. You oh, know it what? Is. I actually met a person with the name of Leroy Jenkins, and every time I seen them, I wanted to shout it out and run away. <laughs> 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 I was like, you have no idea what I want to do. <laughs> So there is my little first little bit of geek news. Okay. Jose. Or, or, fi- oh, you- or Firebird. Yeah. What have you got? Somebody. All right. As always, coming out in theaters this weekend is Captain America, The Winter Soldier, and Island of Lemurs, Madagascar. It's so epic. Top, bo- top in the box office this last week was Noah, Divergent, and Muppets Most Wanted. Takes you back to the old days. Yeah, it kind of does, man. Uh, man, a, bi- a Bible movie and a Muppet movie were the top grosses. Is this like 1983 or something? It's not really a biblical movie, I know. But yeah, it's Hollywood's version that is probably going to be the closest it'll ever be. It's like the Tim Burton Batman's, really, when it comes down to it. Yeah, well, yeah. That, <laughs> It lost me at Noah, and then it gave me back. Uh, it gave me right back when they said Aronofsky. So you know, it's different. That's what I've seen. That's what I've heard. <laughs> I kind of want to see it just because he brought us. He brought us, you know, wonderful shows that involve two hot chicks making up. So <laughs> of course he's going to make a good Bible movie. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, also in Hollywood news, uh, the new Superman-Batman movie has cast three new people. Holly Hunter, Callan Mulvey, and Tao Akumoto. Akumoto. You saw Tao in uh, the most recent The Wolverine, and you saw Kalen Mulvey in 300 Rises of the Empire. And Holly Hunter, if you don't remember her, she was in that one TNT show that no one seems to remember. What was that again? Yeah, Holly Hunter. Was that the one where she was talking with God the whole time? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> okay, one see, and there you remembers. go. <laughs> so, so there you go. Uh, more and more and more, the Superman-Batman mashup movie, whatever the, the ultimate title is going to be. I don't think they've even announced what, uh, what it's actually going to be yet. Um, it's taking more and more shape. I read somewhere today that they're also uh, doing extra casting calls if you live in Detroit. So hop online. You can probably find something if you're there in Detroit. Is anyone in Detroit these days? Not the last time I was there. <laughs> I was gonna, yeah, I was going to say, that's, that's kind of a far cry. There's like, like five people still there, right? <laughs> that's why they're looking for extras. Okay. <laughs> so, do, does anybody remember the ever-so-wondrous uh, home uh, uh, webpage, Homestar Runner? Yeah. Ooh, 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 me, Bender, pick Bender! Okay, so, uh, they, uh, as most people know, back in 2010, it re- since 2010, they really haven't done anything new to it. It really hasn't like been updated. Anything. Well, for those Homestar Runner fans out there, they did a little something 
on Monday, because I don't know if anyone else remembers, but they were quite popular. Oh, quite famous yeah. For their April Fool's joke. So it is actually still live right now. So if you click on, go to homestartrunner.com, you can get some wonderful, wonderfully, horribly dialogued or whatever, whatever it means when a person says W for their always. So, accent? Yeah, yeah. Hor- uh, oddly speech act- impediment. Speech impedimented uh, uh, goodness that is Homestar Runner. And you can shut your eyes and just kind of imagine you were back in the early, to- early 2000s. There was a time. There was a time. Ah. Okay. It's good, good to hear from them, though. Good I, to see that I they're know. not like completely vaporized off the face of the earth. Well, they, I, I know they were doing some uh, writing for a kid's show for a little bit. Yeah. But it, it's kind of funny because it, like, it starts out and it just looks like a regular, like, it looks like the front page is just like, it's been left on for 10 years. <laughs> and the HTML coding is draw, falling off the background and... And, like, I haven't actually listened to it. I'm watching it right now, and, like, all the letters are starting to break. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But it is cool that they still they, they kept the, the page up and running all this time, even though it hasn't really been there for them. I, mean, I, still, have, I still have a Trogdor shirt, and I still wear my Pistol for Panda shirt. Because I know I still have. I still have they need all the defense they need. Yeah. <laughs> Firebird. All right, speaking of April 1st, the Forbidden Fool's Day, there was also some other pretty good jokes that were played. Um, one of them was that Twitter announced the Twitter helmet, where to now make a tweet, you have to put on this helmet, and you have to bob your head for every letter or word that you want on your tweet. I thought that was pretty hysterical, because then I envisioned everyone who's anybody doing it, and it really cracked me up. <laughs> All right, if you love Domino's like I love their lava cakes, they invented the Domino's Eat-A-Box. Therefore, you can now eat your pizza box after you eat your pizza and have yet more dough and more carbs. Oh, boy. No, this is is not an April Fool's joke? No, they were. They were. They were all April Fool's jokes. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. I was like, what the hell? I have put my pizza boxes on some pretty gnarly things. I don't know if I want to eat it afterwards. (laughs) It's pretty disgusting. It's just like cardboard anyway, so... (laughs) Okay. Oh, man. If they would put, like, butter and garlic on top of it, I would so eat it as a breadstick. (laughs) (laughs) Just this time, it's changed your mind. You're just like, eh. KFC's Mighty Mouth Expander. Due to the Mighty Burger, which is now too big for your mouth, they've invented a plastic insert that will soon <laughs> widen your mouth to eat the hamburger. <laughs> and it's free with a meal size upgrade. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. This is like, that's like one of those foods you eat like when you just don't want to live anymore. And you... <laughs> I feel like eating something and then having a food baby for about an hour. <laughs> Anyone has ever went to the dentist and had to have those uh, mouth wideners in their mouth? It is so epically uncomfortable and painful, I would never eat this burger. <laughs> oh. So I would video someone and put it on YouTube. 
If you get this, if you buy this burger and supersize it, we'll have a guy come out and punch you in the jaw to dislocate your your mandible, so you can actually eat this mother mother. Ah. Oh man, that's like my word for the day is mother mother. Mother mother. Mother mother. Oh, man. All right. Yeah, we're terrible people. That's right. Dungeon Crawlers Radio providing quality entertainment since Oh, wait, wait. I've probably said a few things that are uh, considered uh, not PC. Dungeon Crawlers Radio does not condone or, or promote the uh, views, or, views expressed through by Lord Plagoon. If anybody is offended by whatever Plagoon says, it's Plagoon at DungeonCrawlersRadio.com. Send your complaints. Send there. your complaints to me. If we're lucky, he might read them online on the radio. Next yeah. Week. yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that, I haven't checked my hate mail in a while. Um, and real quickly, uh, some uh, breaking news in television. Looks like 2015 will be the last year that Letterman is going to. David Letterman will be doing his late night talk show. So pretty much this is going to complete the transition into the young the audience. next the next generation of, of uh, TV Kevin. watchers. Conan and and uh, Seth Meyers and there's one other I yeah, can't remember the big guy who just took over and yeah. I forgot I've totally spaced on his name. Ah. You just rolled a one. I know. I did. Oh man, that was a total one. Was it? Ah, uh, I, I, I could have sworn it was Kimmel that took over for for Jimmy Lennon. Kimmel. Yeah, yeah he Jimmy took Kimmel. over for. Yeah, so Jay Leno, yeah. yeah. Jay Leno. Yep, so yeah, Jimmy Kimmel, yeah, I mean, Conan O'Brien is like barely the, he's like the far end of the new generation. He's the median. He's the he's one that's the kind of George like... George Lopez. The late night show. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Lopez oh. I mean, no. That, that, that's, that's one piece of television I'm kind of glad is gone. But George Lopez is not that funny. Oh, Fallon. Jimmy Fallon. Is Jimmy, Fallon. Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon. Fallon. One of those two. Oh, they're the same person. Has anyone seen him in a party together? Honestly? I haven't. Yeah. So then again, I haven't been to many parties. So my I like this. I like this theory. So you're saying that uh, Jimmy Kimmel is actually uh, Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon in a fat suit? No, no, no. no it's the other way around. So Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy is, Kimmel Fallon is Kimmel in a skinny in suit. A skinny suit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> corset. It's a corset. <laughs> Uh, but still, that's a year away, 2015. So look for a, basically a big blank spot where no one's going to be watching David Letterman anymore. They'll replace him with the trumpet. But who watches Letterman now? Is, is Letterman, I, I used to watch him up until the uh, top ten list, and then I would change it to something more entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. See? Hey, all the older generation oh, still watch you there. Yeah. Neithlands is still counting you. Ah, uh, these transitions. Television changing like it is. Those you, you were kid. the days. Uh, <laughs> okay, so let's see here. That's so uh, college humor came out with a uh, very uh, entertaining uh, little crossover of House of Thrones, or is actually called it. They call it House of Thrones, which is a combination of the popular Netflix series House of Cards and obviously Game of Thrones, where they're Kevin. They're not Kevin Spacey. Is basically narrating to the crowd how he's going to take over Westeros. It's very funny. And at the end, he's just, like, ragging and making all sorts of short jokes to, uh, to Tyrion. It's hilarious. <laughs> so if you are not PC, that is for you. Oh, man. And if you are PC, 
watch it and then send your angry uh, angry mail to me, Flagoon at DungeonCrawlersRadio.com. <laughs> you should go ahead and spell it out for them just That's so they get it right. F-L-A-G-O-N. And then if you don't know how to spell Dungeon Crawlers Radio, I don't know how you were able to listen to this podcast. Just, just copy and paste that show. last part. Yeah, copy and paste. That's usually what I do because it is a really long word. <laughs> just Google it. It'll fix everything. There oh, yeah. Go. Google fixes everything. <laughs> and then, uh, uh, real quickly, uh, so uh, this upcoming Sunday night is going to be WrestleMania. Look forward to uh, Daniel Bryan, hopefully... Carrying the company into the next generation. Otherwise, no one's going to give a crap about Batista winning. Who? See, there you go. Okay. I just had to get that off my chest. Once I learned what that made up, it was going to be. I'm like, I'm very glad that you could get that off your chest. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like why would you want Batista? Batista's not even going to be there in six months. And Brian is basically carrying the entire company into its new generation. Everyone sympathizes with Daniel Bryan. Why is he not your champion? Ah! I don't even know any of these people you're saying, Joe, it's, so uh, I guess I'll just smile baffled. and nod. I watched it, like, back in the day, early 2000s. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, little Sorry, bit. That, that I apparently need to congratulate you on your new job. Congratulations on your new job. Oh, awesome. All Thank right. you. Are you on LinkedIn? Uh, I'm looking at my uh, my email. I'm trying to see what sort of hate mail people have sent me, and they haven't sent me anything. We can change that. Yeah. yeah. We can, we can, we can I, fix that I one. I could go back on about how Boba Fett's freaking loser. I'm going to start a Twitter account with your name. I already have a Twitter account in my name. It's TGL Flagoon, or TGA Flagoon. You guys hear that? Yeah. Spam him. Spam Get that. Your Twitter helmet's on. Pick him out a message. Rock your head. <laughs> Bang your Drop head. your hate, Internet. I can take it. <laughs> All right. Just gonna... not your bugs or that... your viruses. Yeah, is that going to do it for our Geek News? I think that'll do it for Geeko News. And that uh, epi- that episode of Geek News was brought to you by... Did you? Uh, that was Amazon. No, no, that was Audible that you did, right? Amazon. Amazon. All right, this is brought to you by Audible. Where is that thing? Uh, so, hey there, kids. Do you like free things? I know I like free things, and I can get you a free audio book. That's right. It's a book that they read to you, because I know I'm too busy to actually be able to read myself. And the Audible, thanks to Audible, I don't have to read myself. They actually hire actors who have really good voices to do that for you. So if you go to, uh, to uh, audiblepodcast.com forward slash Dungeon Crawlers Radio, or even easier, since you're already, hopefully already on the Dungeon Crawlers website, or have it favorited, because why not? You can just click on the Audible link and sign up right then and there. The first, one, the first book is free. Don't be too, too afraid about them uh, taking credit card information. It's just, it, it'll sign you up for their monthly service. If you don't want it, you can cancel it any time within that 30, month, uh, that 30 days. And it, the book that you got for free is yours to have and to hold and to cherish and to Not keep old. till death do you, you, till you part. Otherwise, if you continue to stay with it, you get discounts. They have, say, they have member sales. And once a month with your uh, monthly subscription fee, you get a free token to, uh, to buy any book that you want. As is a $14 token, and you can use it to buy an $80 game. Or movie. So you win. Thank you. Audible.com. It's Audible-tastic. <laughs> I finally win! Yeah, that's right. At Audible.com, you win. All right, so moving on to the Gamer Forge. Tink, 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 tink. Clank, 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 clank. 
All right, I got a couple of short ones tonight and some slightly longer ones. So these long ones, I'm kind of really curious about. I was reading these earlier. So we'll hurry and try to bang out these first ones real fast. Um, Andrew Mertlich, he says... Hello, Andrew. Welcome to the Dungeon Vault. We'll we'll get right to the chase. He says, I'm looking at Ghoul Fever, and it says that, but it it says what... Let's see, it says the save DC is charisma-based. Okay. But a few lines up, it says that the Fortitude DC is 13. So he's just not sure what the charisma-based part is. The Fort DC is 13. Mm-hmm. But not sure what the charisma, what the uh, charisma-based part is. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> I would probably go off your charisma bonus. I don't know. Not sure about that one? I well, am not sure. I am sorry. The saving throw that they're asking for you, the target of that, uh, of the spell is... You are making a fortitude save. Die check 13. The charisma-based part means that whatever um, the 13 is generated off of whoever is casting that spell is their charisma. So that means they have a charisma modifier of plus 3 because the, D, the base is 10. It's 10 plus whatever the charisma modifier is, is 13. So that's all that means. It's just the, the charisma base just means who generated... The die check to beat. And it was a charisma based die check to beat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you're still rolling a fortitude save as normal. The, so that, you know, use your constitution modifier. Don't change anything in there. Just, it's just labeling how, that, how the die check 13 came into existence. That's all that is. Or how so they whatever gener- you roll, you're checking it to try to beat 13. Yes. So roll a fortitude save as normal. Try to beat 13. Charisma base is really just a logistical thing. Okay. That's, that's all that is. Because I, I, I guess they're trying to aim for transparency. And they're like, this is how we generated 13. So, that's all that is. Because ghouls are not very charismatic. I guess not. And they will hurt your fortitude. Or whatever it is. Whatever it is. To, yeah, whatever you're trying to say. Okay. Against. So, uh, Norman Garcia. Mr. Garcia. Uh, the question is, if you take a five-foot step into a threatened square, do you provoke an attack of opportunity? I know it says never provokes an attack of opportunity, so I'm guessing the answer is probably no, but I just wanted to make sure. Especially in the event there are several enemies and all threatening the square you move to. Well, if it says never provokes an opportunity... I, I would think that you don't uh, provoke an opportunity. Never, right? Yeah, never you, means you never. You've got to get up to the bad guy somehow. You can't yeah. renege on never. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty final when you say never provokes. Um, you, I, I, I take it that he's probably referring to making a, uh, making a shift, which is something that was in 4th edition. It's basically a free five-foot step. What, it's, never? It, no, well, it's because he's saying... It, it uh, says, you almost had it. I know it says... Ne- never mind. <laughs> it says I never... Yeah, it says it never... Uh, shift never provokes an attack of opportunity. Which is pretty much the case. It's cause it's effectively a five-foot step. It's basically like tactical movement. Yeah. That, that's now, all that is. if you take a five-foot step away from the target... Yeah, technically, yeah, that, that then, sort of... Then that would, that would, uh, that would create an uh, attack of opportunity. Would that not? Well, if you're shifting away, no. Because a shift never no, provokes not, an, an opportunity. This isn't, this isn't taking, saying shift. This is saying taking a five-foot step. So, you know, so if you took a five-foot step away from... Well, for one, talking, wow, that is a huge gate. Yeah, <laughs> this is good. yeah, you guys. Like seven foot. <laughs> <laughs> unless, it, unless this means like 
take one step, like like you take a step back, and then you take your, and you move your second foot step back. Yeah. And that's actually taking one step because you're moving both legs, and then that could possibly move you five feet. Yeah, or you're Will Chamberlain, and then you just take one step, and boom, you're there. Yeah. Um, see, if we're talking in in uh, fourth edition D and D terms, you would be making a shift, and thus not subject to an attack of opportunity. However, because that was something that was specific to uh, 4th edition Dungeons & Dragons, that, that, that's kind of a, con, uh, I don't want to say contextual, it's very specific to anything else, yes, it would. But in, in, that, in that area, I would say no. Uh, if you are playing 4th edition, never means never. Never, ever. Never, ever. Never, ever. Not never, hardly ever. I'm trying. No, I'm want. trying to make a Pirates of Penzance thing here, and you're just <laughs> not going for uh, it. Yeah, you're. You, you, uh, it's. I, I'm not that familiar with Pirates of Penzance. Neither so. am I. I just remember that part. Ah. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I mean, what are we? What are we saying, guys? The uh, what, what are we saying? The consensus is stepping into a threat square does not provoke an attack of opportunity. Stepping out of it, shifting out of it, no. Stepping out of it, I would say yes. Yes. Because I would, I would assume with the step out is you're turning tail and run, and by turning your back, they're going to yeah. stab you there. I mean, you can take, a, like a, again, a tactical movement out. Because if you're trying to get in range of a reach weapon, like if you're using something like a polearm, a halberd, yeah. a spear, or something like that, you would have to. And I think they allow for that sort of thing. Uh, they, they give you some leeway on that one, because otherwise you're just screwed as soon as, some, as soon as somebody reaches your kill zone. Yep. Uh, whoops, should have thought about that one. Whoops, you no, I'm not going to do that one. No. No, not going there. <laughs> you almost did. I will I'll do music. I will do music-based puns, but not that pun. Okay. All right. Max. <laughs> okay. So, uh, th- uh thanks Mr. Garcia for writing in. Uh Tony Hansen. Hello Tony, welcome to the Game Report. <laughs> I'm trying to sound like a game co- like a like a, a sports show. You're not. Yeah, you're yeah, not. you I, a parody of a sports <laughs> a par- show. Okay. Parody. Okay. Parody. Uh, see, Tony wants to know how to secretly talk to one of his players. See, uh, while dooming. While dooming. While dooming. <laughs> uh, see, the, uh, see, the player, he has three people playing in his game. And they're in some sort of a secret service of a rebel prince who wants the throne. One of the players is working for the current king secretly. Feeding him info, sabotaging the missions he gets for the Rebel Prince, like accidentally shooting a VIP that he was supposed to be protecting. Uh, the other two don't know that, either in-game or out-of-game. Um, see here. He's just going they over use some the of bathroom the... to play, uh, to talk to each other. Um, Real quick, Tony. Do your other players in the game listen to the show, too? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that would be, First and foremost. That would be the bad step number one, but, you know. So, in that case, this is all hypothetical. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe you, you he's, know a person maybe who he's knows going a person. under a pseudonym. Yeah, that, oh, that's, that's very possible. Or, or a nom de plume, you know. A nom de plume. <laughs> he's writing, so. This so actually did happen to me recently in a Pathfinder campaign I was doing. Oh, okay. yeah? And what... It was actually really interesting. We were chasing down an amulet to try and control a dragon that was burning the village, and... As it turns out, the amulet was surgically inserted into, the, into one of the players' brains. It was really interesting. Anyways, um, we, we ended up having the DM speak directly to that person before each session mm-hmm. to kind of give them all the information. 
Now, that didn't really necessarily compensate for changes in the actual session, sure. but that gave that person enough movement to kind of okay. figure out what to do. You know, if you're creative enough, you can maintain the course with the few information you can get. Otherwise, I mean, we all got we all got cell phones. Yeah, email, yeah, text. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, using uh, uh, one of the methods that uh, I used to use um, was one of my friends had. Uh, we each had our uh, our uh, Game Boy DSs, and they have the PictoChat on there. And so, if we needed to write quick messages back and forth, we could do that very quickly. It's usually very discreet. And but at that point, you know, I mean, with everyone around the table. The other players sort of knew that there was something being communicated, but as long as we were keeping it hidden, we can be pretty good about. But I think I think the, now uh, it's going to be kind not of not divulging. Uh, what it's going to be a little more. Dis- it, it won't be very discreet if you bust out your uh, DS and your buddy busts out his DS now. Yeah, it wasn't about keeping it hidden from the players. It was just about keeping it hidden from the characters. Because well, guess, if because if you're if you've got DS enough, is still kind of a relevant thing. Yeah. It's useful. I'll say that much. Okay. I'll, I'll give it that. It, it was very useful for the time. If, I mean, after a while, it did sort of become impractical, just because batteries would, you know, you'd have to recharge the batteries and stuff like that because we keep them on all night. So you know, there's that part. Um, one of the, um, usually and usually just keeping some scratch paper on hand and then just, you know, you can flick a note at at somebody. Because again, you're not. It's not necessarily discretion to the players that you're worried about. You're just making sure that the other characters don't know the internal motivations of what's going on, the the um, or the the, the minutia and the mechanica of, of what's actually happening. Because otherwise, that does sort of spoil the surprise. And if you got players who are um, who are smart enough to know that it's like, oh wait, it's like I'm not supposed to know that. Let me you know, let me just disregard that and try to. Uh, React in a way that would be, you know, can, you know, what my character would do. That's fine. Because I mean, because the more discreet you try to keep it from the players, I think that sort of shows a lack of transparency. And I'm definitely an advocate of honesty, no matter what. So if the players, if the players ask something, you know, you know, tell them. Tell the players, but then with the caveat is, is like, but you cannot play. You know, as if character, your character knows this. Yeah, the character does not know this. You know this, but please do not play as if you do. You know, or you can sort of, I don't want to say stretch that and just say, I will tell you after it happens. Because you know, you're still telling them. You know, and just and, you know, make sure you're living up to your word on that one. Yes. But don't, but don't say, you can't know that. You know, it's like you absolutely do not get to know what happens at all, ever. You know, that is just information for me. It's like, no... It's like have a, have some transparency. It's totally cool. But if you want to have some secrets behind there, you know, do you know do do, do like an email, but don't play favoritism. Don't just have a secret little uh, conversation with one character. Try to keep a conversation with all the rest of the players of the party too, so none of it, so they don't really feel left out. You know, they could they could not have anything that's like you know character driven that uh, you know that's relevant at the time of the story. But it would just be like, oh hey, you know. You know, we know your character has a backstory. Um, you know, what are their feelings about this, that, or the other? And then get, you know, get their responses. And then as the game grows by, be like, oh, you know what? I'm going to play something with uh, this person's character's past. And, you know, now all of a sudden the, uh, the hidden assassin that uh, killed his uh, parents when he was young that drove him to want to become a, uh, 
uh, become a, uh, uh, an, uh, you know, an assassin of his own to kill this person, ends up having a quest that they need to go on. And now he's got his own hidden agenda that he wants to do, and now he's going to be doing his own little secretive thing, uh, secretive backstabby stuff that mm-hmm. you know, will get him involved into the game as well, uh, more. Yeah. Hmm. My, my own personal experience would dictates that the, it, more, the more secrets you keep, the more things fall apart. Okay. Because it just because because you get a, you you'll get a, the player every once in a while who is so determined to keep the secret and not because keeping the secret is like the most important thing like that in itself is the plot point is keeping it whereas the other players are like you keeping the secret is getting us killed like on a regular basis. So there's got to be a breaking point. There has to be a point where that has to come out. And so, you, so the players do have, to, or the, the the players and characters have to know that the point where it's not worth being secretive anymore. So I'm I'm, I'm hoping that Tony has uh, can sort of reach AKA Tony. Yeah, AKA Tony. <laughs> AKA Tony has. Uh, you know, I I hope there's a revelation that. Um, that the, the the player can eventually sort of reveal what is going on um, to the other players and probably and let the player do it. Let whoever this player, um, guy or gal, you'll let them do it. Let let them be the ones who reveal this sort of thing, and even if it's not a plot point, because it just sounds like this is going to get your um, this going to reach a boiling point, and you're you're going to have basically two. Two characters versus the one character with two agendas that are going to reach direct conflict. Um, and this only ends poorly. I only see it ending poorly. It does have a chance of splitting groups. Oh yeah. I've seen I've seen uh, I've seen secrets like this split groups. But then again, I have also seen secrets like this strengthen a narrative. So yeah, it sure can. It can. It does work when done well, but you are yeah, you are skirting on a yeah, uh, very don't... on a very thin ledge. Yeah, I, I would say just the, the my final my final thought on that one because that is a good point because like it really does have some strong potential. But I would say don't keep that secret personal, you know, or don't make the secret personal. You know, don't take it as if the secret's revealed. Oh, everything's ruined and and. Because that's, I think, where the schism will happen, is when the uh, you know when it's when it's taken personally. All right. Believe me, I've seen it happen. There we go. <laughs> it's not pretty. Okay. All right. So um, thank you, Tony, aka Tony, for writing in. Um, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that ends well, and hopefully it, there's a lot less bathroom talks. I, I like I like that Tony uses the term bathroom talks. <laughs> it's, it sounds. Hey, uh, Joe, yeah, I gotta so go use the, I gotta go use the bathroom. Uh, do you mind uh, helping me out? <laughs> yeah. yeah so it sounds like being, a father trying to a... father giving him the uh, the good old talk, the old uh, you know, puberty ever, talk. Ever, ever since the seizure, I just I just can't quite unbuckle the way I used to. Can you help me out? <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> okay. All right, this is uh, this Again, is a big one. That emails flagoon at <laughs> Send your hate mail there. So here comes the uh, big chunk of meat tonight. Nevin Callister, right? Hello, Nevin. Why are you the The quick question is: How can I decide whether being the game master is right for me? 
He says, I haven't played a tabletop RPG before. I played RPG in video game form for my entire life, though. I also write a good deal, and he's won, like, two contests for short stories. Ooh. I assume that's why a friend of mine approached me to play D&D with a group of people I know. She writes me... She writes me... She wants me wants to me. write the scenario for the game, but the Game Master, I guess. I'm unsure. It isn't that I'm uninterested in tabletop RPGs I have been, but I've never went out of my way to learn anything about them. So I know literally nothing about playing the tabletop RPG, but I'd like to play since it sounds fun. Like I said, I've never played D&D or anything before, uh, but I'd assume, based on reading questions and answers here, it's way different from playing video games. Just, Just dang, a bit. Dang yes, right. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, very much so. My friend seems to be thinking that because I like writing and write often, I would be a good game master. But I'm not particularly sure my writing is A, the required style of storytelling for a game mastering a game, and B, going to enrich the situations better than someone who isn't a writer slash knows what they're doing. I keep thinking it would be better for the GM to consult me rather than to have to be the GM if they think I would bring something good to the table, since I don't know what I'm doing. My friend says it's fine if I play and they'll walk me through it, but I'm still not having it. But all that aside, I don't really want to know how to become a good Game Master per se. I mean, I do want to be good, but that's not what I'm worried about here. I'm certain my friend walked me through being a good Game Master. But I'm wondering about it actually just being a Game, a game Master. It's a ga- as almost said, Game Master. My friend seems game to have master. asked me... Game Master. Rated R, coming to a theater near you. My friend seems to have asked me to be GM because I write. But I don't know if I should be the GM for that reason alone. How do I determine if being the GM is right for me, I would get your your feet wet first. Play a few games in somebody else's campaign. Get a character. Develop that character because writing stories and writing uh, writing you know a, a short stories with characters and plots and twists and and uh, dialogue is a lot different than writing a D and D campaign because. Unlike the unlike the your your stories, unlike your books, you don't have control over your main characters. Your main characters have control over themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's a big problem I've noticed actually a few times. There there was one campaign where we took part in, and the guy had written it himself. Yeah. And he he held this thing close like it was his child. Yeah. So and we noticed that and we ruined it for him and it became such a problem and and he wasn't fluid enough, you know. You have to take the flexibility. You have mm-hmm. to be able to to adapt to situations in your in your writing and it's not like that. So kind of kind of see how like like watch the first like 5 minutes of Unicorn City. And the game master for that particular thing, he was all about his narrative and his story that he was telling. And if anybody tried to break he, that, yeah. he just like, oh, no, you can't do that because uh, you're in the, uh, the astral plane and you can't come in. And, you're, and, you know, basically killed the fun for the entire group because he was so hell-bent on making sure that the characters went from point A to point B to point C to point D all the way down to point Z. So, you know, if you're that sort of storyteller, then I would, I would avoid becoming a, DM, a GM for a time. Now, I'm not going to say that you're never going, you should never DM. I'm just saying you should get a feel for it. 
see what uh, what, de- what what just playing itself is like. Get a, uh, familiar with the, yeah. the mechanics. See somebody else in action. See somebody else in action. And see several people in action. If yeah, you yeah, yeah. See multiple uh, people in action. See what their uh, what their styles are. Are they rules heavy? Are they rules light? Uh, you know, are they concentrated more on role playing? Are they concentrated more on mechanics? You know, see, uh, you know, get a feel for that, and then you know. Yeah, have like you know, write a small thing up with just one of your friends, and just see yeah. see if they can role play through, or if you can DM one player through a role through playing. One, yeah, try try a one shot. Just try to come up with something that can be resolved effectively in one evening. Yeah, you know. I so, totally, oh, I'm totally sorry. Want to jump in when you guys are done? Oh, sure. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I'm not a game master by any means, but. Here's my advice. If you live around the area, the Utah area, go to Epic's uh, search for volunteers that is going to show you how to run a game. Okay? It's going to be a big step because then you can see, you can learn. You know, you might even say, hey, I don't really know if I'm going to do this, but I really want to come down and see if this is a good fit for me to try. Okay, so number one, you have professionals teaching you how to run a game. Mm-hmm. Number two, is it right for you? Um... I did MMOs. I'm a strong PC MMOer. I like tabletop. It's very different for me, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of personalities trying to interact. I don't interact well with everybody, so <laughs> I have certain people that I'll play with, which sounds really bad, but I only play with certain people. Mm-hmm. Number two, it's not a visual, you know. Going into your MMO, you have a visual, you have a storyline. How many times do you read the storyline? Hardly ever, unless you're just into the storyline. You get your quest, you see the end result, X marks the spot, you go, you get it, you come back. You know, you move on to the next level so you can play with your friends in the dungeons. Yep. Okay, so, tabletopping. You don't do that. Let me tell you what, you you get a task, you go on an adventure, and you got to play that storyline. you got to hear all of it because you're involved in it. Um, as a writer, great. You can write, so that means you know the mechanics of uh, suspense. You know, you know the rise and fall, and you probably should know, you know, where, you know, how much time, you, you know, that goes on in the game that you're going to want something to happen. Um, but if you do not have the heart, soul, and passion to put into it, which you said, well, you know, I'm kind of wishy-washy about this. I don't know if I want to do it. I'd like to try, but I'm not going to put my heart and soul into it. It's like telling a girl, you know, I'll marry you just because you might be the only girl for me and I might not find anybody else. I'll buy you a ring that's only bigger than our friends, but it's not going to be, you know, the appropriate amount that I could afford. Or we'll just get it from a Cracker Jack box. <laughs> if you're going to do that to the players, you are, are, you are already failing them. Because a dungeon master, I've seen, actually my husband is a really good dungeon master. I would sit and watch his games just to watch them. Uh, it's a connection between the dungeon master and between the players. You're going to have this beautiful harmony, these wonderful stories that's going to make you feel like you're in the MMO and you want to know what is up next, what's behind this corner, what are these characters doing. It's exactly how it's going to feel. If you cannot provide that to the players, I think you need to really reevaluate why you want to be a dungeon master, why you want to do it. Because if you're not going to put your heart and soul into it like the players who are going to be in your game, then 
they're not really going to have a good experience, and they're going to say, well, that really sucked, and, you know, hey, I wish, you know, maybe we should get a new one, maybe we should replace them, feelings are going to be hurt, and that's exactly what would happen. So, you know, go to Epic, see, get some teaching, um, go to some really good uh, games, watch their Dungeon Masters, go online, ask around. You know, there's even real writers that run games. I'm sure they'll give you some tips. You know, you really need to do some research before you just dive in because you're going to offer hours of entertainment for these people and you want to put on the best show because if you're a writer, they're going to judge you because of your Dungeon Master skills. You could be like, you know, New York Times bestseller and you can be in fantasy and you can do a dungeon and they will might not even buy your book because they think you suck. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so you got to really put some heart and soul into this before you dive in because it's very different than the MMO. Yeah, do the legwork. Yeah, very different from MMO. A lot of people, like, I, I'm guilty of it myself. I've done several quest chains. I have no idea what I was doing them for other than the loot and the XP. But there have been, yep, there have been uh, um, tabletop games that my character didn't even get anything, but it was some of the mo- the funnest, most entertaining experiences I've had. But you know, go to a game sh- game store that's close by, see when they're doing an encounters, sit down on an encounters, you know, see if you can pick up a, a you know just a, one of the the prepackaged quests together and yeah. read through it and see how those are written and see if that matches your style of storytelling. Yeah. Yeah, does. When you're and your first time, I would say don't don't worry about being the best ever or being seen as the best ever your first time around because I guarantee you, you that first time around you're probably just gonna suck. Yeah, my first time it's gonna my first feel time like was horrible. Like being a virgin, <laughs> never good the first time, and don't tell Revan I said. And it's that all over here. too soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Flagoon, that dungeon crawler. The radio, radio. yeah. <laughs> Uh, so thank you very much, Nevin, for yep. uh, writing that in. Thank you to uh, all of our oh, uh, all of our wonderful I'd, Game Reports questions. Yeah, uh, Tony, I'd really Norman, love to hear Andrew. from Nevin if if uh, if he's actually going to be uh, be available next uh, next Thursday from about what seven thirty Mountain Mountain Time. Yes, I'd love to be able to hear from him. Um, so if he wants to call in, or if anyone else has any questions for the Game Reports, remember you can call us at six two six two two six one four seven five starting at. Seven six about seven thirty p.m. Mountain yes. Standard Time. Oh wow! And look at that time is just ticking on by. I know, so right? We're... Be sure to join us next week as we interview Catherine Addison, writer of the Goblin Emperor, steampunk meets goblins meets awesome, <laughs> or equals awesome. Equals awesome. So join us, and uh, there will always be geek news. There will always be reports. There will always always be Flagoon insulting some demograph of people. Yeah, somewhere. Maybe maybe not you, but don't worry. I'm like South Park. I will eventually get to you soon. <laughs> yeah, just 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 form a line. Just, just form a line. It's a very Flagoon. long queue. I totally seen Bubba Fat dressed in My Little Pony over the weekend. I completely <laughs> didn't even think to grab a picture because I was like sprinting across the like the room. But they even had wings that spread out. It was really fun. All right, <laughs> oh be God. sure to. All right, we got to quit, uh, finish this off. Be, be sure to check out our uh, 
our Facebook page, our Twitter page, and our Google Plus. Uh, if you missed any shows that you want to listen to, get them on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, or Blog, uh, blog Talk, or just Radio. download them off our website, DungeonCrawlersRadio.com. Special thanks here to MB Design Studios. If you have a design that you want to make for your company, go to them. They are awesome. He will work with you really awesome. It's MB Design Studios on Facebook. Go do that, because they rock. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to Nate. He'll take care of any of your logo needs. So I think that's it. Oh my gosh! Wow, is it already that time? Yeah. So um, until next time, good night, Salt Lake. Good night, world. And as always, please get more from your games. Only I didn't say fudge. I said the word, the big one, the queen mother of dirty words, the F dash 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 word. What's that word? Hate mail. <laughs> 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 All right. Good night. I want an official Red Rider Carbine Action 2 200 shot range model air rifle. And a thing that tells time. Yeah, and a thing, and a thing that tells time. Shoot your eye out, kid. <laughs>